0: and welcome to another edition of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. My name's Tom. I'm here with my lovely wife, Michelle. Hello. It's so nice for you to join us again. Thank you for finding us, whether it be SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. We're just happy you joined us, and we're happy to have people out there listening, just like Jennifer, who found us on Facebook and said, you guys kept me company on a long ride home from the beach today. Your passion and enthusiasm really really comes through... Keep up the good work. That was so nice of her.
1: Yeah, that was really nice. We appreciate it. And we appreciate everybody who uh, writes in or even tweets us some comments and things. We really take that feedback to mind and want to make this a really great show for everybody to enjoy.
0: Yeah, if you want to say hello to us, if you have a comment, a tip, we'll share your tips with uh, our listeners out there. If you have something we'd like to share, if there are some stories that you'd like us to discuss or go over, we'd be happy to do it. As Jennifer found us on Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. On Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast. And you can email us at Hyperion, excuse me, email us at Podcast at
1: gmail.com. Right. So, thank you and uh, hope we are meeting everybody's needs. And like I said, let us know if there are things we can do to make it even better for you.
0: So, last week, our big story was going over our uh, spoiler-free Uh, preview uh, review of Ant-Man and the Wasp which you finally got to see this week and I know what what was your what were your thoughts on
1: it? It was great you know it's a really enjoyable film to see Um, I love a lot of the little kitschy kind of music and um, things that they put out there that are little nods to some blast from the past mm-hmm. and stuff so it was fun it was just a fun movie um you know although there were parts to it that you could see kind of show where they might link up in the future with the Avengers possibly or you know and as I mentioned kind of giving an explanation of how the Ant-Man was not at yeah. the last battle yeah, the reason
0: why he wasn't anywhere in Infinity War, they kind of explained that away, and you'll find that out if you've gone and seen it. We'd love to hear what you thought of it. Uh, if you haven't gone and seen it yet, uh, go out, check it out. It's a it's a pretty good movie. We really enjoyed it, and we think you'll like it too.
1: Right.
0: So onward to this week. We preview this during the week. We are going to go over. We figure you people maybe are getting ready to go out. Maybe you're going to have your vacations coming up, whether it be this summer, whether it be this fall, next year, or whatever. And there's some of you out there, maybe Walt Disney World is the only place you've gone. You've never gone to Disneyland. Or maybe you're on the West Coast like we are, and you've only really gone to Disneyland. And you never really experienced Walt Disney World. Well, we're here to share with you what's the same, what's different, and what you can expect out of both of those two resort areas, Disney resort areas. And so we thought that'd be a fun way for you to kind of know what to expect When you're going on your vacation coming up.
1: Right. Because, again, what we want is that you have a great experience no matter which park you go to. And sometimes understanding the differences and and how to navigate through things can really make your experience much more enjoyable.
0: Absolutely. And so Michelle, originally coming from the East Coast, she has much more experience in Walt Disney World than I do. I've been there several times, but she has been there Dozens and dozens of times. (laughs) Whereas I was on the West Coast, I've been in Disneyland for the years. So how we're going to break this down is Michelle is going to go over and tell you what's different. If you know Disneyland, what you might expect if you go to Walt Disney World Resort. And when she's uh, finished that up, I'm going to tell you the difference of if you're used to Walt Disney World Resort, what you might expect from the Disneyland Resort. So with that said, Michelle, take it away.
1: All right. Well, um, there there are similarities, obviously, and there's um, big differences. And I know we could spend a lot of time just talking about the elements of the abundance of space at Disney World compared to Disneyland. But wanted to be a little more creative and a little more helpful. So for today I did my top five categories Ooh, of a list. I love lists. I know. <laughs> so uh starting with number five the dining differences. Okay. So you can make dining reservations at Disney World six months in advance. You can do that online. Uh, Whereas on Disneyland, I know it's two months. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a nice advantage. And obviously there's... um, more table service restaurants that you can go to. And they've added alcohol to a lot of more of their uh, For those of you that are on the more
0: of an adult trip, it's nice. It know? is
1: nice. I mean, for... And for, even those of you
0: with kids, sometimes, you know, you need a little bit.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for a long, long time, Disney World, like Disneyland uh, uh, Park... Had an alcohol-free um, mm-hmm. experience, and uh, the other parks, just like on the east, on the west coast here, where California Adventure had alcohol, the other parks at Walt Disney World would serve alcohol, um, and now it's made its way into the Magic Kingdom. But just in so, a
0: few places in the Magic Kingdom, right,
1: right. So, uh, but the other dining difference is that they have a lot of great dinner packages and dessert packages for special viewing of fireworks and other shows. And I know that, again, um, there's things on the East West Coast. I keep doing that. There's <laughs> things on the West Coast that you can get like for Fantasmic, etc. But Disney World, they have a lot more there. Uh, they have several dessert packages at different parks, whether it be uh, at At Epcot for Illuminations, Uh, they have the um, Star Wars Galactic Spectacular show at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, They also have a pirate cruise that... Uh, brings kids out to watch the fireworks from the water and adults kids at heart yes and so uh, they also have the highway in the sky monorail dine around which is a five course progressive dinner package ending in a reserved location at the contemporary resort to watch the fireworks there so uh, i think that's a nice little extra that they have there it gives you some really prime viewing for the fireworks and and other similar shows
0: Yeah, that's nice. And one thing about you're talking about the the dine around, one thing that people from the Disneyland Resort, and we can get into this more later, but if you only know the monorail is kind of a ride, it kind of gets you from downtown Disney into the park and back out to downtown Disney at Disneyland. Well, at Walt Disney World, the monorail is actually transportation to and from the parking lots or from hotels or from the transportation center to either epcot or the magic kingdom so it's actually it's not just a ride i mean you can enjoy it and have fun with it but it really does get you around
1: out there in those parks exactly all right moving on to number four number four four is free interactive games at the park so there's they're in several of the parks they have these activities that kids can do or adults Um, And it's really great ways to either get to know a park, uh, get to see different sites in a park, or also just to have some time between fast passes as Mm -hmm. you're waiting for your next one to come up. So for Magic Kingdom, they have the Sorcerers of the Kingdom. And this is an interactive game where you go to the firehouse... And you log yourself in there, and they give you a set of cards that have spells on them. And you use those to battle villains throughout the Magic Kingdom. And they tell you where to go for the next uh, experience there.
0: They give you a map, and you kind of have to search out the places on the map where these these events take place.
1: Right. So they're not obvious super obvious in some cases. So again, it gets you to find some of the little nooks and crannies of Magic Kingdom that you might not see. And again, if you're waiting for the next fast pass and you have some time to to kill anyways, this is a fun experience.
0: Also, if you've, if you've been in the Magic Kingdom a bunch and maybe the lines are long, you don't really feeling like waiting in a long queue for a while, you know, it's just something else you could do, keep the kids amused, have a good time out there, just something different to experience.
1: Exactly. Uh, there's a couple things in Epcot. Uh, first of all, there's the Epcot Kidcot Fun Spots. That's Ooh. easy to say. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> impressed you got that out. That's I pretty know. good. Me too. We do practice, practice. Yes. So they have um, like... Arts and crafts kind of activities there. They have a person, a cast member from that country. It's throughout the countries at Epcot. And they can also share some of their information about the cultures at their country. Um, and it gives the, the kids a nice little souvenir to remember their trip after they leave. But the really fun thing at Epcot is the Phineas and Ferb Agent P World Showcase Adventure. Woo! Where's Perry? <laughs> verb i know what we're gonna do today <laughs> so uh, you have major monogram and carl sending you clues to go throughout the park and do some fun missions um we've done it it's really amazing uh, some of the the graphics and things that come through um
0: it's right on your phone
1: right it's right on your phone and they've added it to the new play disney parks app oh it's on well. there now okay So you can get it through both of those areas. Even better. Yes. And then another um, free interactive series of things that kids and adults alike can do is at the Animal Kingdom, they can earn Wilderness Explorer badges. Mm. So based on the movie Up, you can go out and do little activities and and explore different parts of Animal Kingdom to get up to 30 different stickers or badges. Wow. that you can put in your field guide booklet. So again, it's a nice way to get the kids involved in some activities associated with animals in the park, you know, and they get to follow along with their guidebook if they they might not get it done the first visit and mm-hmm. have it to go on for other times. So that, those are some really great things that they have at Walt Disney World that give some free activities in the park. That's not just necessarily associated with the attractions.
0: Right, it's not having to wait in queue for a line or you know or go to a show or you know go on an attraction. It's,
1: exactly. It's
0: not, and like you said for uh, for Animal Kingdom the Wilderness Explorers, it's an, it's entertaining but it's educating as well. Right. You're learning some things about these animals as you go along and, and earn these. Badges. Right, and you get so your veterinarian
1: great. badge. Wow. So yes, excellent. Um, the other difference between Disney World and Disneyland are the amount of activities outside of the park. So if you don't want to have uh, tickets for every single day that you're there, if you're a local and you just want to head over and do some things, some of them are free mm-hmm. or very little cost, and then some are a little bit more pricey. Uh, so for um, resorts that have villas, so they would be like the Disney Vacation Club resorts, but people can get rooms there sure. without having to be a Vacation Club member. They have community halls and outdoor games. And if I remember correctly, I think the last time we were there, I beat you at pool.
0: Hmm. I don't know if that was right, uh, but uh, we did we did have fun playing it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> whoever won, I think by the time. But we we haven't let's play it this way. We haven't played pool in a long time, so we went out there and played. We had one guy come over and look at us and. We took a shot, and he just shook his head and walked away. That's how bad we were. Right? <laughs> right, you know, right. a, regular, a regular game of pool took us like an hour and a half to play. It was exactly. it was crazy. We're terrible.
1: But it's a lot of fun. They have bocce ball. They are indoors. They have a lot of activities and crafts kind of games. They have foosball and, and other things that are free. They also have some things at times that uh, do have a little price to them, I, you know, where it's more involved crafts. But um, so that's a nice uh, Mm -hmm. thing that they have. Um, Movie Under the Stars, which is free and it's at many of the resorts. Uh, However, I want to point out the Fort Wilderness Campgrounds really ups their game by having the Chippendale sing-along prior to the movie. Uh, and There's a fire pit there for making s'mores, and it's just a great time um, to have there at the Fort Wilderness Campground, and you don't have to be staying at the campgrounds to actually go and take part into their uh, sing-along and their movie outside. Um, the resorts also have daytime activities there, too. People uh, can investigate that through their... Uh, their brochure when they check in mm-hmm. they get an information guide I have
0: the information for you right there at the front desk right but there's also-
1: a lot of daytime free daytime activities mm-hmm. it could be you know like trivia games at the pool, or maybe if you're staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge, you could look at what poop looks like from different animals. I remember that. You
0: were very interested in the <laughs> various animal
1: poop. Anyway. And I've, I've recommended that to several people, and a lot of kids, that's their big thing, too, is that they really get to fun things. But it's not just that. They have other animal type of um, presentations that the cast members there do, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, then some things that may not be free but have a small fee attached to it are hay rides and horse-drawn carriage rides. Um, those are at the campgrounds in Port Orleans. Our favorite time to do those is at Christmas when they have all the decorations out and you can go around and really see some really wonderful things and not have to be paying for admission into a park. Yeah, that's
0: right. It's great.
1: And lastly, kind of summing a bunch of other things up together, these are more uh, fee-based, is the miniature golf, regular golf, yes. horseback riding, archery, and tons of watercraft rentals. So a lot of information there in that. But just to really share with you that if you're going for an extended stay or um, and you don't want to go to in the park every single day or on your day of arrival, if it's later in the day and you don't want to use a park ticket for a partial day, then you do have some other options available at Disney World. Whether you're staying on property or not, you could access the lot and of these.
0: I've, I've told our family and friends this many times uh, that, uh, yes, when you go there, you're probably going to the, visit the parks. So, right. That's pretty much why you go to Disney World. But you could have a great week at Walt Disney World. And never enter a park. There's so much to do. The resorts are fabulous. I mean, just going from hotel to hotel, uh, trying the food, trying, you can have a great time out there and never enter a park if you want to. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want to, right. but you absolutely could. If that, or say let's like, you're going to with some family members that aren't really into the parks. You could go to the parks, and they could find stuff to do, whether it's golf, whether it's fishing, archery, tennis. There's so much to do out there at Walt Disney World.
1: Exactly. Okay, number two on our list is Fast Passes. Those work differently at Disney World. So differently. So differently. So one of the things that uh, makes it different is that you can reserve up to three Fast Passes per day uh, that you're going to be at the parks in advance for free. Um, It has to be in the same park, so you would have to pick three that were in... One park, yeah, Magic um, Kingdom, right? Hollywood Studios,
0: Epcot, whatever.
1: Exactly. I mean, you can change it. Once you get there, you can change it any time. You can modify these. But if it's really great to have, especially for those. Um, more popular attractions, yes. and now that uh, Toy Story Land is open, it's kind of a must if you really want to get on that ride to have a, a fast pass in advance. Uh, if you're staying on Disney properties, you can start making those reservations 60 days out before your trip. Uh, otherwise, it's 30 days in advance that you can do those um those fast pass reservations, and then as you get to the parks and you utilize those fast passes, then you can add on more single times. Whether you do it on the app, online, or they have kiosks throughout the park, and I've even had it where I've had um, the time expire for all three of my fast passes, and it let me do three fast passes on the day of. Wow. So um, nice. you know, it, it's it's that's a great feature um, in you know, that like I said, you are getting it for free uh to do that.
0: And if you if you are gonna do is like some of the more popular whether it be flight of passage in Pandora or whether it be the slinky uh dog, dog dash, dash. Okay. uh you wanna it like when your day becomes available, you wanna get on there and get those fast passes right away because they will go quickly. Exactly. So you know, when your day becomes available, mm-hmm. get ready to pounce on those fast passes if you really want those.
1: Right. And what's nice is Disney World will send you a reminder. Uh, prompt as you're getting close to that time or you can just do like i do and i set a reminder on my calendar like eight reminders (laughs) yes (laughs) and the number one difference so magic bands i love the magic magic bands bands. i I love love it so uh so what these are is um they the main purpose that i guess that it really originated is is it's a way to um unlock your hotel or resort room and so it does have that information coded into it and it's really exciting you know a couple weeks before your trip when you get those in the mail and you know your vacation Mm -hmm. your trip to disney world is about to happen so that's really exciting and you do get them free as part of uh having a hotel reservation or if you're annual pass holder you get one um but otherwise, you can also purchase them. They have uh, at the Disney stores. They have a lot of designer band, designed yeah. bands that you can do, or you can bling your own, which we've done. Um, thank goodness for Pinterest. There you go. <laughs> um, but they also serve a lot of other purposes too. So, as I mentioned, they access access your resort room. Um, they also now. I wanted to point out are adding that you can open your resort with your phone now, too, though. They've added that to the app. Um, Either way, you can make your choice on that. Um, Also, the Magic Bands serve uh, as a way of purchasing items Mm -hmm. because once you've checked into the resort and you have a credit card on file, that will be linked to your Magic Band unless you ask them otherwise. So, like, if you want yours to have... uh, privileges to make purchases you can do that if you don't want your kids to have it you can have theirs blocked so that they can't make purchases they do have safeguards you do need a pin so um yeah so if it
0: falls off someone's just going to start taking your magic band and start charging right exactly helping
1: to know your pin too right Yeah, the odds of that are incredible um they also are used for your fast passes that's where the information is stored and that's where you you know you key in or badge into yeah. your attractions with your fast passes. Um, and then there's some other little things that sometimes happen. Not always. I don't want to give anything away, but there are sometimes nice little surprises where attractions might recognize you. And so it's it's nice when those things happen. Yeah. Um, but magic bands are, are phenomenal. Uh, I, I do think that the organization is looking at possibly seeing if people prefer to use their phone versus a magic band. But for right now, you have options. I
0: like I, the magic bands. Yes, the phones, that everybody's carrying a phone around. Or most people are carrying phones around anyway. Maybe not the children, but uh, most adults are carrying phones around anyway. So it, uh, that will work for you. But, I mean, it, it's just so nice to have the magic bands because it just goes right on your wrist, just like a like a wristwatch or whatever. And you can leave your ID. You can leave your credit card. You can leave your room, room key. Everything goes back it stays. You don't have to carry that around when you're going through the parks. It's just all right there on your wrist, and it's very, very handy.
1: Right. And if for some reason your phone uh, either the battery dies or heaven forbid you lose a phone at a Disney park, that's never I, happened. I don't know who that would have ever happened to, but uh, at least you can get in your room then.
0: <laughs> you still look. She lost her phone at the uh, the. Uh, uh, Radiator Springs Racers, or at right. least that's where we assume she lost. This so every time we get on that ride. Now she's still sure she's going to see it somewhere it's out there in the, in the grounds. Somewhere. You know, just still <laughs> still sitting there. You know, this is years later, but I'm sure, I'm sure that phone is still there somewhere.
1: Right. So, anyways, those are the five categories nice. of the differences between Walt Disney World and Disneyland that uh, may help you understand that park more if you're used to the one on the west coast very nice and now
0: i'm going to go into if you're used to walt disney world and you're coming to the disneyland resort what you can expect when you go there what will be a little different for for you first thing right off the back is going to be the right off the bat is going to be the compact size it is compared to walt disney mm-hmm. world it is a very small space they fit this in into a small area in orange county and they built a lot of What used to be really cheap motels and such around it, they've since upgraded a lot of those. They're nicer uh, motels and hotels around there. Disney kind of took the reins on that and said, Look, we're going to, we want this to be better for everybody out there. But still, because of that space was eaten up by other people, they have a very compact space. So they had to fit a lot in a very small area. But the good thing about that is that when you go, you know, if you're going to Walt Disney World, you have to maybe hop on a bus or hop on the monorail or hop on a boat. Or, or if you brought your car, drive to the other park. You It takes a while to get from park to park. You can just walk right across from Disneyland to Disney's California Adventure Within less than five minutes, it's right across the way from each other. So you can just go back and forth between the, if you have a park hopper, you can go back and forth between the parks all you want, all day long, and kind of pick the rides you want to go on. So
1: that that
0: is a convenience to it.
1: That is a great feature, I have to say. Um, Even though I, you know, love Disney World and, you know, have grew up over there um it is pretty amazing that you can get from one park to another and go back and forth to have different experiences throughout the day and and use different fast passes or whatever so that's true that is a great feature yeah
0: but because it's so small you really can knock out a lot in a very short amount of time there so you know where we've talked about walt disney world you know it's a week it's more than that, I mean, five days minimum, I think, when you go to Walt Disney World. I mean, yeah. you really need – I mean, yeah. a long weekend doesn't seem like – Yeah, we have go there a week, and we're like, we didn't do any, anywhere near all we wanted to do. Whereas the Disneyland Resort, three to four days, really, max, is all you need there. I mean, you can really knock it out in a day or two. But, you know, if you want right. to do a long weekend, do three or four days, it's perfect for that because you can get a lot done. Uh, they do only have three actual Disney hotels there: the Grand Californian, the Disneyland Hotel, and the Paradise Pier Hotel. So keep that in 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 your notes. It, it, there aren't as many like in Walt Disney World. There's so many different hotels of various different price ranges that you can go for. These are all three are different price ranges, but they're all even the Paradise Pier, which is more the more economy. I say that in quotations of the three hotels is still a pretty high priced hotel so know that coming in if you want to stay there yes you get a magic hour which is extra magical believe me if you're going to the disneyland resort not like the magic hours at uh walt disney world because those are open for all those hotels within the resort since there's only three hotels there's a lot less people that go in for these magic hours at uh, disneyland but there are many as i was talking about before disney kind of got the reins on some of the hotels around there they have many what they call good neighbor hotels nearby. So if you're looking for a hotel, if you don't want to pay that price that for the Disney actual hotels, there are some good ones nearby in the area, but look for that good neighbor uh, note on there. That guarantees that Disney has looked at them for price, for quality, for customer service and everything. And they range. Some are better, some are worse, but at least you can find what you're looking for possibly out there. And the good thing about that is almost all of those hotels, they either have transportation If they're just a few blocks away, or you can just walk right into the park, which is
1: very, very convenient. Right, which is another big difference. Yes, and those good neighbor hotels are listed on their website, on the Disneyland Mm -hmm. website. You can even sometimes access making a reservation through the Disneyland website through them, or you can go directly to the hotels.
0: Now, again, with the compact space there, that means there are a lot of things that are also smaller there. The first thing you're going to notice if you've only been to Walt Disney World is when you walk down Main Street and you look at the castle, Sleeping Beauty's castle, it's going to look absolutely tiny compared to yes. Cinderella's castle. It's cute, it's petite, but it is tiny. Yeah, you know, they get some nice scaling. Remember, this thing was built in 1955, there were some limitations. They built it in a year, the whole park in a year. So, and they haven't they've really, while they've done some resurfacing to it and changed some things, they've never really built it up and tried to make it anything more than what it is. It's the, basically the original castle from 1955, but that might shock you right away when you first see this castle, because it is itty bitty compared to Cinderella's castle.
1: Right. You really have to have that in mind. I know the first time that I came to Disneyland, it was like, Oh, my gosh, how disappointing. And so, you know, later on I did some refocusing and I said, you know, this is the original. And you have to just appreciate that and Mm -hmm. and how revolutionary it was at the time in terms of how it was built and how it looked. And, you know, using the forced perspectives, et cetera, uh, all along Main Street as well. So um, that is a great tip to say keep that in mind yeah, yeah. When be you're prepared for it, it because it will be shocking if it, you haven't it seen it, it first
0: if you've only seen cinderella's castle it will surprise you when you first uh, see sleeping beauty's castle um one thing to know if you're planning your dates for when you go out there we know walt disney world i mean there are annual pass holders there are plenty of annual pass holders for walt disney world but there aren't it, it's not made up what the, what they're what their crowds are based on is tourism, tourists coming into town more of. It's not as many annual pass holders, not as many locals. The Orlando area is much smaller area, or just Florida in general smaller area than what we're talking about in the middle of southern California where you have Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego, Santa Barbara to draw in from. Disneyland is driven by annual pass holders. So days when the kids are off or around holidays when the annual all the annual passes don't have blackouts can be very busy there because that's when the people will go to the parks. Now, if you can find dates where many of the annual passes are blacked out, Saturdays in the summer are a lot of times really good for this. You know, it can be busy because obviously there are still tourists there and there are people buying tickets that day, but it'll knock out about half the annual pass holders there, and that will free up that day. Sundays in the summer are terrible. Don't go on a Sunday if you can help it. Really, I I mean (laughs) if you go look, if you go onto Twitter and follow the Disneyland Resort or Disneyland Annual Pass holders, almost every Sunday you'll see that the Mickey and Friends parking garage has, is full up at some point in the day. That's because there's so many people there on Sundays a lot in the summer.
1: Right. And, you know, it's interesting that you said that because this week I did get somebody ask me if if, they were to rec- if we were to recommend to somebody whether to go to Disneyland uh, during the week in the summer or a weekend in September, what, what would we recommend?
0: uh um i would actually i I always recommend weekdays weekdays are always better if you got but anytime before about five or six o'clock because after five or six o'clock some of the people or that get off of school or whatever will start coming to the park what would you say
1: well i kind of i made it a complicated answer obviously um but i i did mention that as well that weekdays are usually better that before um you know the later in the day when people even coming off of work might just want to go in for a couple hours. Um, I, I said the other thing that might be considered for the September weekend is, again, looking at is it a blackout date for mm-hmm. some or most of the annual passes Sometimes on, they stretch like into like on a September, Saturday. Yeah. so um, But that's a great point and to I'm, keep in mind. I'm not
0: telling you that don't go there on a Sunday if you're coming out and staying a long weekend or on a vacation or whatever. I'm just recommending if you look at what days – uh, our most convenient, what, what days are going to be the most full? Sundays tend to be very busy. Saturdays tend to not be in the summer. But mostly, look at the calendar. Look out the blackout days for those annual passes. If you see the couple lowest ones blacked out, you're probably pretty good. And that day will be a fairly low crowd day. I mean, it'll always be a decent crowd there. but And they're going to be working on some things coming up here as they're uh, putting up a uh, Galaxy's Edge and doing some other things around the parks where they're going to start limiting some of these passes even more to kind of mitigate the crowds a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that.
1: Right. If you have flexibility, then look and see what would be a more advantageous day to go. If not, don't be discouraged. It's just looking at how you can best uh, attack it, you know, and some of the things would be like going very early Uh, In the morning, you know, and then maybe when it gets to its peak in the afternoon, it's, it's head out for a little while and then come back later in the evening if you have that option as well. So
0: Now, it seems like I'm talking poorly about Disneyland. Don't get me wrong. I love Disneyland. Disneyland is great. It's Walt's original dream. And that's one of the great things about Disneyland. Yes, the castle is small, but they have rides there. That are still, I mean, of course, they've redone them since 1955, but they are the original rides that were there when Walt opened the place in July of 1955. You know, the Jungle Cruise, King Arthur Carousel, Mad Tea Party, the Mark Twain Riverboat, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Peter Pan's Flight, Snow White's Scary Adventure, Storybook Land Canal Boats were all there on opening day in 1955. So you can be still riding. Yes, they are updated, but they're still the same rides. And Walt was on those rides. Walt saw that those rides were built. They are great rides, and they've been there for as long as Disneyland has stood.
1: Right. And, you know, like you said, just knowing that Walt was... In a, on a ride or, you know, we look at the, I know it's the anniversary for the uh, Walt Disney World presents the Tiki Birds or Tiki Room. Mm-hmm. And so it's just great to be a part of that history and, and know that you're there kind of on a, you know, really, you know, a special place.
0: Right. Others that Walt actually rode on. The it's, it's a small world. From the 1964 right. World's Fair. that it evolved from the 1964 World's Fair, and they moved it over to California. By the way, the backdrop on that and everything, uh, if you know the Walt Disney World one, it's all inside. It's kind of smaller, and actually, I believe the ride is, uh, riding them both, I think it's a shorter ride, which for some people might you know, prefer that, you now hearing that song over and over again. <laughs> but we really like the, the California version of that ride, and again, it was one of the ones that Walt actually rode on.
1: Right, right. And we especially like it. At holiday time, oh, it's beautiful. They
0: light it uh, up. Um, I don't know if you saw our video from this week that we were previewing this week. I put a picture of it all lit up. It's, it's spectacular. Right. Uh, also, great moments with Mr. Lincoln was also part of the 1964 World's Fair and just shocked people at the time. It may not be as big a deal now, but uh, it was very interesting at the time. People, there were there were reports. If you you'll hear the stories out there from some of the tour guides or whatever, there were reports that you know these wild stories of this this. Uh, audio-animatronic, and he said that he stood up and he walked out onto the stage, you know, which is obviously not true. He pretty much just stands up and kind of looks around and, and gives the speech, you know, but but there was funny, wild reports of what they saw in 1964 at the World's Fair.
1: Right, that it was just, you know, so remarkable that uh, that kind of technology existed right, right then.
0: And of course, uh, you know Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, which is one of the great places. And Walt wanted to have that built. We talked about that with Nicole a couple of weeks ago, the uh, VIP hostess, former VIP hostess at Disneyland. That's one of her favorite places, and uh, that is amazing how that has come to be. So. Great. Other things at Disneyland that are you'll find of interest is that there's there's certain things that are only you can find there. You cannot find them at Walt Disney World, certain rides. You can only find the Matterhorn bobsleds right. and the Matterhorn itself. Only at Disneyland. And so if you're looking to experience that, you've got to go there. That's the only place to find it. Right. Another way to see a Yeti. Abominable <laughs> <laughs> smell, man. What uh, Yeti. It <laughs> smell. Whatever. You know, um, Indiana Jones Adventure. Yes, it's the same virtual thing as Dinosaur at the Animal Kingdom. However, it's got Indiana Jones as the backdrop. I mean, tell me that's not better than Dinosaur. I'm sorry.
1: I think it's better. That is better. That is uh, really pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, the Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage. Yeah, uh, We had the subs. Uh, what was it? The, what the It's the eighth largest fleet in the world or something like that. Submarine fleet in the world, or something like that. I yeah, that, that Walt Disney yeah.
1: Company owns,
0: yes. Uh, Toontown. If you have young kids, the great... Toontown is great for really young children to get out and kind of run around and explore and play around. Uh, they have the Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin there. Over at uh, Disney's California Adventure, Pixar Pier, of course, just brand new, just opening up. The Incredicoaster only there. The Pixar Pal-A-Round, which is also the Mickey wheel. You look at it, it's the big thing. You'll you can't miss it when you're there. It's 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 the big Mickey-faced uh, merry-go-round. Uh, that is something that's Ferris only wheel. there. Ferris wheel, not merry-go-round. You're right. I was because I was thinking PalloRound. Right, right. Yeah. Uh Carsland, which is spectacular. Uh Carsland, if you know the movie Cars, uh know uh Radiator Springs, it's like going right down Radiator Springs, obviously with a lot more people there and a few less cars. But it, it, it like everything is placed perfectly. It looks just like the street in Radiator Springs. It's, it's fantastic. Right.
1: It's a really immersive area. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Disney is starting to really pick up on is that people want to feel very much immersed into the experience. Right. And interesting story there is that um, some of the executives, when they were first opening Carsland, were just watching. The, the flow of the, the crowds and, and how they were, in you know, acce- accepting it or enjoying it, I should say, and they heard a kid say to their parents, this is where they filmed Cars, <laughs> <laughs> and they knew right away Lord. it was a hit and that they did a great job, that it would actually seem like you were going to the place that the movie uh, was filmed at, so
0: yeah, that's great. It's it's a great place. Uh, you got to go there. The Radiator Springs Racers. Yes, it's a little similar to Test Track, but the the storyline with it, the, the the setting around it is is really much better in my opinion than Test Track. Right. But I it's, guess that's you know six of one, half dozen of the others, whatever you like.
1: Right. I guess the Test Track has the same type of technology, but it's not exactly the same ride. But, but right. But it's right. Similar, but the uh, the storyline in in the. Uh, the Radiator Springs Racers. Racers is is a great story, and yeah. it, it really guides you through the whole experience of being in the movie. Yeah.
0: yeah, uh Luigi's Rollickin' Roadsters, where they has Luigi has his family all in from Carsley, and you're dancing around in numbers in the cars. It's that's a lot of fun. That's we love fun. that ride. And Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, which now you kind of have a, something similar to that. Now the Toy Story Land is open, and the Alien Swirling Saucers is virtually it's a it's a, just a different version of that ride now. Over at the Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. Other rides only at Disney's California Adventure. Yes, you know, the Tower of Terror, where the Tower of Terror is now the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Again, in my opinion, I loved Tower of Terror. And I was kind of curious about whether, you know, this was the right way to go. But it's a better ride. And and uh, granted, I am a Marvel fan. So I like that. But I, I think it's top to bottom, a better ride. The story's better. Uh, it's a lot of fun. There's more action on that ride. You haven't gone on it yet. No. but
1: So when you say top to bottom,
0: that, that <laughs> you meant no it. No pun intended there. <laughs> There's no pun intended.
1: Uh, but that is currently the
0: only Marvel-themed ride at either of the resorts, Disneyland Resort or the Walt Disney World Resort. There are buildings some over at Walt Disney World, as we know. But right now, that's the only place you can experience a Marvel themed attraction at these parks, uh, world of color. When that comes back and out, it's closed for right now as they're getting finished doing their refurbishments of Pixar pier, but world of color is amazing. You've got to go yes. experience that out, out in the Bay in front of the Mickey wheel. It's great. Or excuse me, the Pixar pal around and uh, the, the show with frozen live at the Hyperion is a great show. <laughs> it's a truncated version of what's on Broadway now. I mean, obviously they, they added more to make that, but it, it's the show. It's Frozen. If you have kids, if you have young children that love the movie Frozen, or if you just want to, and I'll talk about more about this in a little bit, if you just want to get out of the heat for about an hour, right. uh, it's a great place. It's a great show. It's a lot of fun. It's all the songs you know. It's all the characters you know. It's great.
1: Right. And it, it's a show meaning like it's almost like a Broadway production, as right. you mentioned. It's not watching the movie or anything like that. You're It's you're, a stage it's show. It's a stage show. And they really do a great job with, you know, not only the cast that they've, they've, you know, secured for that, but just the whole um, set design and how things go are, is just really impressive.
0: Right. So that's it. That's what I think about the Disneyland Resort, the things that are different. I think uh, both have their merit. Walt Disney World is Walt Disney World. I mean, it is crazy. It is really Walt Disney World. It is fantastic. Disneyland is the original. It's more compact. It packs a punch for its size.
1: So there's like one... <laughs> things. There is one more thing that's different of Disneyland uh, from Disney World that is actually a really nice benefit is, again, going back to the issue of being compact in the size is in each of those parks, you have everything, you know, and what you may have to go in Walt Disney World to two parks or so to, to see some of those different uh, attractions, they have them in one location. Yeah. And I know that, you know, um, One of my dear friends had gone to Walt Disney World recently for the first time. And and he was rather disappointed in the fact that when he went to Magic Kingdom, he couldn't do Star Tours and, Mm -hmm. you know, some of those other rides that are uh, at the Walt Disney Uh, excuse me, at the Disney Hollywood Studios. So that's another really plus, uh, in addition to what we mentioned earlier, of being able to go back and forth from the parks. Each park really has uh, included a lot of all the things that you might see at Disney World, but into one smaller location.
0: Another thing I forgot to mention is that it actually has, Disneyland has the place where Walt slept overnights in the park, in Walt's apartment. Now, you only can go up there if you do a tour, but they offer tours go up and, and check out Walt's apartment. And we were t- discussing it just a couple weeks ago. It's a really special place. If you have any uh, place in your heart for Walt Disney and what he created out there, uh, it's really fun to go check out. So that is the only thing, or not the only thing, but one of the few things right. that really sets Disneyland apart. Now we we've gone really long on this part. So I just want to hit some stories real quickly as we do every week. Um, uh, we, Let's we'll start with a little Star Wars news here. There's been some casting notes for Star Wars Episode Nine, yet untitled, coming up here. I believe it's not this December, but the following December is when it's coming out. Carrie uh, Russell, who you may know from Felicity, The Americans, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, among other movies. She apparently, reportedly, has been cast for an unknown role this week that uh, has, uh, quote, action-heavy fight scenes, unquote. Wow. So what character could that be? Is it Ray's mother? Is it a new resistance leader, fighter? Is it a new female villain? I don't know, but it's an interesting casting. Um, she worked with J.J. Abrams in the past on Felicity, Cloverfield, Mission Impossible 3. So not really surprising she would go back and, and work again with J.J. Abrams.
1: Right. That's exciting. That's exciting. Hey, and I did have a question Um it's a Star Wars question for you. And I know uh last episode here we were talking about the fact that uh the Disney company is trying to purchase twentieth Century Fox. Mm-hmm. So if they are successful in that, would the Star Wars opening now go back to the original where it's introduced by
0: uh, we can only hope, and that is right. a distinct possibility that that might happen. I don't see why they wouldn't because i I know i mean, don't get me wrong, we' have loved the openings for the the new Disney Lucas film. But it does kind of feel like it's missing that little drum roll coming right. in when, you know, you grew up watching these movies. So that would be fantastic if they brought that back. If this goes through, we should know here in a couple of weeks whether that's going to happen or not. Right. Uh, one other. That was great, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, one other casting note. And this is, again, just a, it's a report out there. This is actually from a couple of weeks ago, but I haven't been able to touch on this yet. But I think you'll like this. Uh, according to a story from the British paper The Sun, Ewan McGregor is set to return as Obi-Wan Kenobi in Episode 9. Wow,
1: that would be awesome.
0: Uh, According to the story, uh, he's going to shoot secret, quote-unquote, scenes uh, for the trilogy finale. They don't say anything more about it than that. Again, this is just a report according to sources. It's not necessarily true or untrue. Uh, so what is you it, it going to be a force ghost? Is it going to be a flashback scene? I don't know. I'm just happy because I love Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. I thought that was one of the bright spots of the uh, prequel, the, you know, the first through one, uh, one through three, was his job uh, kind of mimicking Alec Guinness in many ways as Obi-Wan Kenobi so I'd love to see yeah, him more as Obi-Wan great. Kenobi and, and you're he... right
1: he really did mimic you could tell even as the you know as as you got closer to like episode 3 You know, his mannerisms, et cetera, and just kind of like some of the chuckling he would do. You could really see uh, very much a flashback from the original Obi-Wan.
0: Absolutely. Uh, One more Star Wars story out there. The proposed Star Wars-themed hotel at Walt Disney World. Uh, It looks like it's progressing now. Disney filed permits with the state of Florida on July 2nd for the, quote, clearing, earthwork masquerading, and development, as well as the construction of a bridge over a nearby canal. Uh, plans didn't say much about it, what it actually was, but they're calling it Project H, is their <laughs> secret name for this hotel. We don't know many, many more names about it. We don't know anything really about it. Uh, here's how they described it they say this. First of its kind resort will combine luxury with complete immersion into the authentic Star Wars story. Guest journey through space will start when everyone departs together for a multi-day Star Wars adventure by boarding a starship alive with characters and stories that unfold all around them during a voyage through the galaxy. At the resort, guests immediately become active citizens of the galaxy and can dress up in proper attire. Every resort window will also have a view into space, and the opportunity for immersion at the resort will also stand out among Disney resorts around the globe as it will be connected seamlessly connected seamlessly to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studios, allowing guests a total Star Wars experience. Take my money now. Yeah,
1: hashtag sign uh, me up. Yeah. Oh,
0: this is, I know it's going to be expensive because they've already talked about This, this is going to be a luxury place, and it's going to be all immersive, but I'm going to splurge on it once. Oh, this sounds yes. so great. Absolutely. As a Star Wars fan since 77, oh. It sounds wonderful, and uh, you know, and theoretically, you can go there for whatever. I think they were saying originally when we heard about this resort that it's going to be, you know, basically based on four-day stays or something along those lines. But if it's connected right to Galaxy's Edge, you can go theoretically go into this resort and just go there to Galaxy's Edge and back to the resort, and you're just in Star Wars for four yeah. straight days. You don't even have to, you know. I'm sure there obviously there'll be other patrons within Galaxy's Edge, but basically, you're just in the Star Wars world for four days. Oh.
1: Well, we need translators.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Work on your Arabesh. Start getting to work on that. Boy, I'm a nerd. I know that. I know the Star Wars language. Um, And we're moving on. Uh, One other thing I want to get to before we get to our tips here is that D23, uh, Disney's official fan club, for the first time ever, will be hosting two panels at San Diego Comic-Con coming up here in just a couple weeks, which is really exciting news. And unfortunately, we had some prior commitments and we're not going to be able to necessarily make it out to these days. Although we are going to do one thing out there, but uh, I'm really disappointed now. Um, Friday, July 20th at 4.45 p.m., they're going to be celebrating 90 years of Mickey Mouse. Uh, D23's Justin Arthur will host a panel, including Brett Ewan. Brett Becky Klein, uh, Brett Ewan is excuse me, Brett Ewan is a voice uh, actor. Becky Klein is director of the Walt Disney Archives, and Mark Hen, master Disney animator, as they look at Mickey's roles in animated films and television shows through the years. Uh, the Magic Kingdoms and Beyond. That sounds
1: like a really fun. Yeah, period. yeah, that would be awesome.
0: Also, Saturday, July twenty-first at seven forty-five p.m., they're going to do twenty-five years of Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. I didn't realize twenty-five years. Of I know that's Christmas. so hard wow. to believe. Uh, it says here, D twenty three will pull back the curtain on this stop motion Halloween and Christmas classic, with a behind the scenes retrospective panel featuring the team that helped bring the film to life twenty five years ago. Henry Selleck, the director, Kelly Asborn excuse me Asbury, the art director, Eddie oh man I'm going to totally botch his name, Edie excuse me Edie Ichioka is the editor, and Anthony Scott the animator. Uh, will all be in attendance. So that sounds like another great panel. Yeah, And I know that there, go. <laughs> one thing we are, I just said, there's one thing we we're going to do. We're going to be going to the D23 member mixer, which is located just off the uh, side at the Hard Rock Hotel that same day. Um, I'm hoping that some of those people, since this is after that mixer, right. might be at Maybe. this event. And if you're going, if you, if you happen to secure tickets, if you're a D23 member, and if you're not, and you're a Disney fan, you really should be. It doesn't cost that much. You really get some great insight into Disney stuff. We'll talk about it more coming up here as we get t- towards purchasing tickets for the D twenty three Expo and some other things. But you really should look into it if you're a, if you're a Disney fan.
1: Right. It uh, has well, like you said, we could do a whole show on all the benefits of, of something like a D twenty three and uh-huh. um, and I know that one of my tips in the future are going to be related to a holiday event. That oh, they oh, very sponsors. nice,
0: very nice. Anyway, if you're going out to this member mixer, come out. Look for us. We'll be out there. Come and say hi. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you think about the show. Um, And just, we'd love to meet some of our listeners out there. Exactly. So that's it uh, for our stories for this week. I have many more stories, but once again, I can't get to them all because there are just so many Disney stories every week. If there's something you want to talk about Disney wise, if there's a story that comes up you'd like to talk with us about, feel free to email us Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast or Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. But now, as we always do, we finish up with the tips of the week. And as always, we start with my lovely Michelle. Oh,
1: thank you, sweetie. So uh, my tip is kind of continuing on for the concept of if you're going to Disney World for the first time, or you've, you know, whether or not you've been at Disneyland, in and, and that is get to know how to get around there. Um, and I know that a lot of times for people who haven't been there before, they feel like it, it, it's really not very fast at all, and that could be true, especially if you're. Um, Used to Disneyland and how you can walk around places pretty quickly to get here, to and from. If you're going from a resort uh, to a park and and a park back to your resort, it's usually one single mode of transportation, whether it be a bus, a boat, or monorail, is usually just one quick shot. Um, And what's really great now is on the app. If you're staying there, you can see when the next departure will be, so that you don't have to go. Really, is a benefit, right? You don't have to go stand and wait in line any, uh, the time, for or that. if
0: you want to do that one extra thing in your room before you head down there, exactly, you'll kind of know when the buses are coming.
1: Right. Uh, if you want to get from a from resort to resort, let's say you're leaving your resort and you want to meet up with some people at their resort, that you might have to take a couple forms of transportation. I mean, unless you're on the monorail resort loop, where you could just take the monorail. Otherwise, you might have to uh, actually take a transportation to a park and a park to the next resort, or You can use Lyft or a minivan. love the minivan. Minivan, which is also a Lyft um, product in that you are arranging transportation, but the van actually comes decked out as a Minnie Mouse theme. Polka dot. Right. So uh, again, if you're going to Disney World for the first time, you can look at these things under their at the website under transportation. But it's just getting a little bit familiar with how does that work. So that if you're trying to go from one location, especially for like a dining reservation, you really want to um, make sure you're you're allowing for enough time in transportation to get you there. Uh, they tell you on your reservations a lot of times allow up to an hour or more, and, and that's pretty safe bet that you'll get there on time with a little spare buffer. Um, and I know that might feel like, wow, I've lost an hour of my day. But the reality is there's a lot to see, even when you're in transportation mm-hmm. and you're at a amazingly beautiful location in central florida so look around realize you're at walt disney world and just Mm -hmm. enjoy the ride absolutely absolutely
0: uh that was a great tip i I love the transportation out at walt disney world it really is convenient and handy to get from place to place to place Uh, my tip this week and i'm going to make it pretty quick here because we are Gone really long on this show, but that's okay because I hopefully you're listening to us because you like to hear, listen to us, and we like being with you.
1: Maybe Jennifer has another long ride. I hope it's a really (laughs) long ride for this one. But anyway,
0: um, what I'm going to talk about is uh, look, Friday, if you didn't see the news, if you're out somewhere else in the country or you're not in Southern California like we were, Friday was incredibly hot. It was bizarrely hot. It's it's never that hot here. I mean, we're in Southern California. We live in Southern California, and we pay a lot to live in Southern California because the weather is usually pretty spectacular. Reportedly, and I just saw this. I haven't verified it, so if I'm wrong on this, I I apologize. But on Friday, Disneyland Anaheim hit 113 degrees. That was reportedly the hottest day ever at any Disney park ever. Ever any of the Disney parks around the globe? I can't, That may be incorrect, but I just saw a report of that being possible. So there are ways. If you're going to go out in a park, and in your case you're not going to run into 113 degrees, you know, every day, but you know, you're going to run into the 90s, the high 80s. It can be warm. Um, first thing I'm going to reiterate what I said a couple of weeks ago, hydrate, 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 bring Absolutely. water in, go find, if you go to a fountain drinks, you can get a free cup of water. There's water fountains everywhere. Um, Nicole, who joined us the other day, pointed out that if you go to the first aid, they have the ice water there, which is even better. Uh, but hydrate, stay hydrated out there. The other thing you can do, and this is whether it's, you know, to get out for an hour, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. You get out of the heat and the sun every once in a while and cool down there are places in these parks where you can do that you know go into walt disney's enchanted tiki room with a dole whip you know yeah. you're double cool there you know it's like a 10 minute show with a dole whip uh, that's a good way to cool off you know like we had just talked about great moments with mr lincoln yes okay the show is whatever but it's a nice way to get out of the heat for a little while exactly. and, and enjoy it um Other things, like some of the shows. There's shows at Disneyland. I'm talking about Disneyland specifically right now. Storytelling at the Royal Theater with Mr. Smythe and Mr. Jones.
1: Oh, my God. That is awesome. It's
0: outdoors, but it's undercover. You're in the shade, and it is one of the funniest and enjoyable shows you're ever going to see out there. That's about a 15, 20-minute show. Mickey's Magical... Any of the shows, basically. Mickey's Magical Map. um, The stuff at Walt Disney World you can go to. Those are great ways to just kind of beat the heat for... 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever you want to do. Um, in California Adventure, the Animation Academy, Turtle Talk with Crush, and the Sorcerer's Workshop are in all in one kind of area there. It's a great place to go in, get out of the heat. And just kind of relax for a little bit, but still keep the the young ones entertained, whether it be Turtle Talk, you know, or learning to draw your favorite uh, Disney character. character. The Sorcerer's Workshop kind of has some fun activities in there that they can do. And again, you're out of the sun, you're out of the heat, just cooling off for a little bit. Believe me, doing things like this will make your day that much better. Because when everybody gets hot and tired and, like I said before, dehydrated, it starts to become a pretty tough day to make as you move on. So find your ways to beat the heat.
1: And that's a great um, piece of information, too, or tip for people at walt disney world too Mm -hmm. Uh, the summertime there is humidity humid and you and and sometimes uh you're seeing rain and you might not think about the fact that you really still need to hydrate there as well um and so getting out of the hot areas from time to time and and making sure you're drinking plenty of water is a great tip
0: yeah and if you're like, like at walt disney world if you're at epcot yeah if you go to the world showcase virtually not all of them, but many of the countries have like some sort of film or show or something that you can go into and kind of cool off for a little bit. Watch, you know, something, learn something about Canada, learn something about France, learn something about China. Um, you know, the, the American Pavilion has the, the Voices of Liberty, which right. is a fun show. And and right. then and, and, and there's just there's things you can do to kind of get out. Oh, Owen. Oh, Club Cool at Epcot, where you can go get free samples of soft drinks from around the world, which is also a nice way to cool down. But there's always something you can look for. Find a way to get out and just 15 minutes at a time, 20 minutes at a time. Just find parts through the day where you can cool off. And that way, you'll just enjoy your day that much more.
1: Exactly. And, uh, you know, and again, making sure that you're keeping tabs on the kids and the fact that they also uh, need to be kept hydrated and they may not be thinking to ask for water or anything, but... uh, have that readily available for them, too. Because, again, you're at a great place. We want everybody to be happy, everybody to be safe, and to really enjoy the magic yeah. of Disney. You're
0: paying a lot of money to go. Let's play, let's face it. We right. know what it is. You're paying a lot of money to go out there and have a good time. Do everything you can to make it a good time. Have a great time at these parks. They're, they're fun. Make sure you keep them fun, you know, and there's just some simple little things you can do to to make that easier on you.
1: Great tip. Thank
0: you. So that's it for this week. Uh, we've gone way long, but that's okay because we love being with you. Uh, next week, uh, it'll probably be long too, but next week, (laughs) uh, run Disney races registration is starting to open up here just in a couple weeks. So next week, Michelle and I, we've told you in the past that we have gone from never running to, recently running our first half marathon and we're going to give you some tips after you register for these races and how you can train to kind of get set for those races we'll tell you what at least what worked for us uh so if you want to hear what we have to say what we did to go from nothing to running a half marathon we'll be happy to share those with you next week
1: right and we'll also be able to reveal our secret story of our very first oh. Run Disney our experience. Secret story. Our secret yeah, story. Fun, it's oh, story. it's just so great. It's a fun and embarrassing story, <laughs> but we love
0: to share it with you because we love you all out there. So, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, you found us today. If you're looking for us in the future, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes and Google Play, where you can subscribe to us. Also, if you like this show, uh, there are places on there that you can give us a review. Give it, it really helps to draw in some other people out there that uh, might want to listen to this show. Maybe they're not sure about it. Do I take the time to, you know, it's almost an hour show today. Yeah, You know, do I want to put an hour of my time out to this show? Give us a review and, uh, and uh, let people know what you think of the show. Uh, if you have anything you want to say to us, whether it be a story, whether it be a, uh, something you want to discuss about the show, whether it be your own tip, we will gladly give you credit, whether you just want to say hi, whatever, uh, you can find us on social media, on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast. On Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. On the web, Podcast.com, And, of course, you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. So, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for sticking out to an almost an hour show. We really appreciate you sharing that time with us. And we hope that you have another magical week. Bye.